paralyzed man is able to move and feel again. An experimental surgery was deemed a success after a 45-year-old man was able to move his hand. He was paralyzed a few years ago following a diving accident. Thomas was paralyzed from the chest down after an accident in 2020. His medical team opted for a double neural bypass linking the brain, the spinal cord, and his body to hopefully restore his faculties. Keith is the first human to go through this procedure. The results? A step in the right direction. Doctors have noted he's able to feel touch on his hand. Keith is able to raise both his arms. This is made possible due to advancements in technology and artificial intelligence. It's a remarkable treatment, but it's only temporary. Jesus has promised to make our bodies completely whole, as well as renewed when he returns. That's a healing from sin and its effects for all eternity. Welcome to Haven Today here on Wednesday. I'm Charles Morris sharing the great story that's all about Jesus. And we're in a series this week called Christians You Should Know. Imagine never knowing the ability to control your muscles. From the day you were born, it would affect the way you walk, how you pick up items with your hands, and sometimes the way you talk. Cerebral palsy affects one in 345 children, according to estimates by the CDC. Well, today, I want you to meet a woman who has struggled with this disability all her life, but the Lord has used her for His glory in many ways. The biggest thing that I feel like my life says that God wants to say through my life is, that he has, through Jesus, he has compassion in our suffering and also just the sense of interdependence that we have with each other and also dependence on him. Sarah Wardlaw, who lives in Vancouver, British Columbia. She'll join us in a moment to share how the Lord has been using her for his glory, even facing a disability. I know this will be a great encouragement for all who listen to her story. After the program, I'd like to send you a special resource that's full of eloquent words of worship called Then Sings My Soul. Robert Morgan shares the backstories of 150 hymns, and he includes the sheet music and lyrics so you can sing along with the hymns. I believe this unique devotional book will help you sing the Lord's praises with a new sense of appreciation for who He is and what He's done in your life. Many of these songs were written in the midst of great trials, but they all point to the great hope that we find in Christ. After the program, come visit our website, see the book for yourself, then make your gift at haventoday.org. That's haventoday.org. And if you'd like to get an extra copy, or two, or a dozen, to give to family and friends, or even a Bible study you're in, just ask about that when you call us after the program at 800-65-HAVEN. 800-65-HAVEN. And don't forget to check out our Great Stories podcast, where we have the uncut interview with Cambridge scholar and Christian theologian, as well as a renowned poet, Malcolm Geit. We have a much longer version from what we shared on yesterday's program that I know will be a blessing for you to hear. Now, let's open with another hymn whose story is found in the book, Then Sings My Soul, I Need Thee Every Hour. Gracious Lord, 
I come to This is Haven Today and a series called Christians You Should Know. I'm so glad we could do this again this week. We haven't done it in quite a while. Well, like my friend Johnny Erickson Tata, who has been on this program many times, today's guest spends her days in a wheelchair. And also, like Johnny, Sarah Wardlaw in Vancouver is a follower of Jesus Christ. So, Sarah... Welcome for the very first time to Haven today. Thank you so much for having me. It's amazing that I'm in such great company. Thank you, Charles. Uh, (laughs) You and I have met before, and I wanted people to hear your story because you didn't sign up to live your life in a wheelchair, did you? No, that was definitely not something you, you choose for sure. Well, and and yet, you and I have talked about this also in the past, this is what the Lord used in your life to lead you to deeper relationship with him, which is kind of remarkable how these thorns in our side do that and how he uses these things, isn't it? Yes. Tell us how you got to be in a wheelchair. So... I my I have a twin sister and we were born ten weeks premature, um, and I have cerebral palsy. Um, she had some other health conditions, but not a disability. So, um, cerebral palsy is due to either a stroke or brain injury or issues with brain development, usually before birth. So basically, some of the brain networks that control motor skills are are affected. And so I, for myself, um, I, as you mentioned, use a wheelchair and my hands and my overall posture are also affected as well. So I need help with um, day-to-day tasks like getting dressed and, you know, even getting out of bed. And so it's it's a life where I'm very closely connected to other people every day in terms of needing help. You have to be. You have to be. Uh, You couldn't get by unless you were accepting of help of others. Well, let's let's talk about your journey Mm -hmm. uh, and and how the Lord moved into your life as well. Were you raised in the traditional Christian home, or did you find Christ later on? And what led you to meeting Christ then? So I was born into a Christian home and pretty much as early as I can remember, I was very sensitive to God and knew that God was in my life. Um, I think the biggest thing for me is that uh, as a child, I didn't really have a lot of close friends. The thing that I was very good at was school and academics, and I didn't have a lot of social connections. I think people were kind to me, but they didn't really include me in things as much as you would hope. So I think one of the ways that God has really worked in my life is to bring me into community at different stages in my life, which has been a real gift. I I guess I want to almost fast forward all the way to university. So I went to Simon Fraser University to start out with, and mm-hmm. I was part of a mm-hmm. campus ministry. So we had some students come up from 
Washington State and they were doing kind of a campus mission thing and I was I remember sitting alone in a one of the you know cafeteria areas at the university and mm -hmm. these people came up to me and they were like you know what's your story and I said well I'm a Christian but I'm definitely looking for deeper community and they said why didn't you come over to the pizza night for university Christian ministries and and that's where I really started to make friends and where I feel like my faith really took off. Mm. Uh, Sarah, uh, having a disability myself, I understand a little bit of, of where you are, even though there were moments where I knew the Lord growing up, especially in my teen years. Um, I was asking God a lot, why me, Lord? Why'd you let this happen to me? You know, why couldn't I play baseball? Why couldn't I do the things that other kids could do? I'll use the word normal, yeah. even though I'm putting that in quotation marks. Um, do you mind sharing just a little bit with us about how you've struggled? Because I, I, maybe you've shaken your fist in God's face before. Why me, God? I, I, I don't know. So I think I had the great gift of parents who, you know, especially because I have a twin sister, Laura, my parents really worked hard to make sure that I could experience as many things as possible that were as close to what she could do as, as we possibly could and um, worked really hard to make sure I had all kinds of opportunities with school and things like that. And I think I've been really blessed in the sense that up until recently, I haven't really asked those questions of why me. It's more just like, this is my life. And how do I step out? Again, even that even that metaphor of, you know, stepping out or walking with God, like that's just kind of automatic to me. But the biggest thing that I feel like my life says that God wants to say through my life is that he has, through Jesus, he has compassion in our suffering. And also just the sense of interdependence that we have with each other and also dependence on him. So those two things have been really important to me in just, yeah, not, not shying away from suffering and, and admitting vulnerability and, and the struggle of things. I think that has been really important. And the passage kind of speaks to that. Like it acknowledges that we're, struck down, but we're not destroyed. And I just think that's so important for Christians today, not to think that we should be living these, you know, spectacular, triumphant lives, but to be, and I guess we are spiritually, but just to know that Jesus has compassion on us and really understands our suffering and doesn't want us to shy away from it. I think that's if I had to say what the message of my life is, that would probably be it. And that dependence on God and on others is is the way to go. So mm -hmm. that's what I'd like mm -hmm. to share with listeners if I could. And I was just going to ask you, what advice would you give for anybody else? But uh, you just gave it, Sarah. Thank yes. you. We all needed to hear that message. I mentioned when we started out that you're able to serve the Lord. You're 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 bound in a wheelchair. You live there all your days. 
But the Lord has, um, well, I mentioned work. You are able to serve your Lord, and you're able to help other people while you're doing that. Tell our listeners what you do. Well, I am a speech-language pathologist, and I am very blessed to be able to work online. This was even before the pandemic. Um, So this is a, I want to slow down on this piece a little bit. So originally when I went to university, I was really looking into, um, you know, becoming a counselor or a psychologist and for different reasons Mm -hmm. that became clear that that wasn't the path that I was supposed to go. But as I was kind of making that decision, I was, you know, trying to figure out what to do. And I was asking God, like, you know, is this the right decision? Am I supposed to do this? And he didn't, what he said was, after a lot of struggle and a lot of uh, sleepless nights, it wasn't, yes, you should do this, which is, you know, sometimes what we always want to hear. It was, wherever you are, I will be with you. And I'm so grateful that he didn't give me an answer of, yes, this is the way you should go, because um, there were a lot of challenges. You think that um, speech pathology is something that's mostly to do with talking, but it actually does require being able to use your hands and record things quickly and um, lots of other motor skills that you wouldn't really realize. And so there were many times when I thought, um, this isn't going to work. And it was difficult for me to find placements. And so, um, there, yeah, many times I almost quit, but there was just something that said, you know, keep going and trust that this is a pathway that God has for you. One of my professors who I was very close to, um, his name is Jeff Small. Um, he was a Christian, well, is a Christian and Um, We had quite a few conversations about how that, you know, how God was working in my life in that. So um, I'm just overwhelmed that God um, did provide a job for me through all the struggles um, that I've been through. And it is just amazing because I always knew that I wanted to work with um, kids or other people with disabilities so uh, to be able to have this opportunity is pretty amazing. I work with kids with autism and Down syndrome and, you know, kids who stutter or oh. need communication devices and, and things like that. And it's just such a blessing to be able to give back that way. Mm. Wow. Wow. Well, one of the things I have even heard you do this at your church, yes. you read the scripture. Sometimes I do, and people oh, for the Sunday morning service. <laughs> yes, yes uh, it's one of the. I love my church because, um, pretty early on, I've been going for eight years, and pretty early on, they were like, "Do you want to be part of this?" And I said, "I said sure." Like, and uh, I really have felt included that way. Sarah, I know you read God's word. God's word ministers to you all the time. Do you have a favorite? passage that the Lord has used in your life. And would you mind just sharing that, reading that to us like you would at church? Absolutely. So the one that I was, as I was thinking about this, um, our meeting together, I'm going to read uh, some bits from 2 Corinthians chapter 4. So I will, I'll 
read the first couple verses and or first verse and then skip down to verse six and just go a little bit there. So I'm happy to do that for you. Okay, please. Okay, so first Corinthians chapter four, starting at verse one. Therefore, having this ministry by the mercy of God, we do not lose heart. And then verse six. For God who said, let light shine out of darkness, has shone into our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed, perplexed, but not driven to despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed, always carrying in the body the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our bodies. For we who live are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake, so that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. So death is at work in us, but life in you. Since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what has been written, I believed, and so I spoke. We also believe, and so we also speak, knowing that he who raised the Lord Jesus will raise us also with Jesus and bring us with you into his presence. For it is all for your sake, so that as grace extends to more and more people, it may increase thanksgiving to the glory of God. So we do not lose heart. Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. As we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God, Sarah. (laughs) Everybody I have that I do an interview with on this program, I try to always sneak in a final question. And so I'm going to sneak it in here for you before we have to go. Time is always too short, sadly. What does Jesus mean to you? Mm. Well, I think I think I I'll go back to what I said in the last question. Like really just the fact that God came to us in our suffering and suffered it and but also doesn't want to leave us there. Um and is calling us to participate in life with God and as I said before like participating in life has it takes a lot more effort for me than it does for other people but I can do it through Jesus and through the power of the Holy Spirit so I think Mm. that's what I would say wow Sarah Wardlaw in Vancouver British Columbia thank you for joining us today on Haven Today thank you very much Charles it's been great light of the world you step down into darkness open my eyes let me see
That's Michael W. Smith, and here I am to worship from his Decade of Worship album on A Haven Today in a series called Christians You Should Know. A special thanks to Sarah Wardlaw joining us in the program today. My wife and I have really enjoyed getting to know her. We've even heard her read God's Word at our church. Just as we go, I want to remind you that we are a listener-supported ministry. And it's a thanks for your gift to help us keep sharing this great story that's all about Jesus. I want to send you Robert Morgan's Then Sings My Soul, full of stories behind 150 hymns we love. The lyrics are rooted in God's Word, and the tunes help these truths stick in our minds and hearts. I think this book is of great value. It'll help you spend devotional time with the Lord as this summer comes to a close, while also singing biblical truth that'll deepen your faith in Him. So, I invite you to come to our website. Do it right now. Take a look at Then Sings My Soul by Robert Morgan. But then make your gift at haventoday.org. Haventoday.org. And a reminder that this is a wonderful book to share with friends, family, or even a Bible study group. Ask about multiple copies when you call 800-65-HAVEN. 800-65-HAVEN. Don't forget, you can hear the full-length conversation I had with the world-renowned poet and pastor Malcolm Geit on our Great Stories podcast. You can listen wherever you hear your podcasts or get details when you visit our website, haventoday.org. One last thing. If you're looking for a way to invest in God's kingdom, as well as receive a tax write-off, ask about becoming a Haven partner when you get in touch. This is someone committed to praying regularly and giving monthly to this ministry. I'm Charles Morris. Thanks for joining me. Won't you come back again tomorrow, when again together we'll share the great story, the story that's all about Jesus, here on Haven Today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with Jesus, I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. Do you ever wonder if the wicked will ever get their due? We look out at our world and we see pain and devastation. One reason why it's important to read and meditate on God's Word is because we need to be reminded of the promises contained inside. Psalm 1 talks about two ways to live, the way of the righteous and the way of the wicked. This psalm gives a promise to those who follow these two ways. The Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked leads to destruction. Those who follow the Lord are promised protection, but it's not because we're good in and of ourselves. It's because we're declared righteous in Christ. You'll see Christ more clearly through time in God's Word. Visit GetAnchor.com.